And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, a baseball podcast, off-season baseball podcast, season five, episode five, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Tonight is Tuesday, February 5th, broadcasting in from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight is our good friend Eli, and Eli, the New England Patriots, are the champions of the world. Oh, yes, sir, they are. <laughs> How does Life that make- is good. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Joel. All, all of life is in a perfect equilibrium at the moment. Um, <clears throat> the... Uh, hello everyone, this is Eli, I'm coming at you from Boston, where um, parades are happening, fireworks have been going off for the last two nights surrounding my house, everyone walking by each other on the streets is just yelling belligerently with happiness at one another, Um, and my hot take for the day is that... um, Living proof that it never gets old to win over and over and over again was the turnout to today's parades. There's no official count out yet, but it looks like it's somewhere between 700,000 to a million people showed up, which equaled the largest ridership in history on public transportation. Wow. Um, Yeah, so, you know, to anyone who thinks out there, like, Patriots fans are somehow sick of the glory that we live in. Uh, it's just not true. Wow. That's pretty impressive. That Wow. Well, congrats. Um, we'll definitely be talking about the Super Bowl this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, our third member, Sam, he might be joining us in a few minutes. He had to work tonight, so he might drop in. Um... My hot take, since we're probably going to be talking a lot about the Super Bowl, I wanted to get the chance to give another shout-out to the local University of Illinois men's basketball team, upsetting number 9 Michigan State just a few minutes ago from the state farm whatever in Champaign. The Illini have now improved to 8 wins and 15 losses on the year, but more All importantly... Right. They're 3-0 and in games that I have watched at least one play of. Hey, you are the, the, the it factor, Joel. Right. 
Yeah, I think so. So if anybody wants to bring me as a lucky charm and buy me a beer and watch some Illini games, you know, hit me up. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think I... They should probably be paying you to come to the games, really. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I should... Yeah. uh, I should write a letter. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see that movie, The Cooler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bad luck charm, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's a bad luck charm. He yeah. should be the opposite. Right. <laughs> you know? They, like, are having a shitty game, and they give you a call up on the phone, and you, like, roll in, and they feed you free beer, and then all of a sudden, they start kicking ass. Yes. Now, he gets kidnapped by the mafia for gambling purposes in that movie, doesn't he? I, I can't remember his origin story, but... They essentially just bring him in whenever anyone's on a hot streak. To cool him off. To, yeah, and then yeah. he'll like go sit at whatever that table is, and then everyone will start losing immediately. <laughs> and it's like the old school, you know, like theory as to how to cool off hot gamblers, and then there's yeah. some like new stud who comes in, executive, who's like, no, you need depressing wallpaper, depressing music. And so he's like, his job's at stake all of a sudden. We could have an entire episode on Jinx's good luck charm, superstitions, and sports. Let's do oh, yeah. that sometime because I've got. And scapegoats. And scapegoats, yes. Yeah. The sad, violent world of scapegoats. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be awesome. Um,. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to Dump on the Ump Baseball Podcast. You can check us out on all social media platforms. Hit us up on Twitter. Thanks for our new followers on Twitter. Check out our Facebook page, Dump on the Ump. We've got a WordPress uh, blog, but that's really just an access to our podcast, which is hosted on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Hey, shout out to... um, Whoever wrote us a new iTunes review this week, uh, oh crap! I, I had it. What's it say? Up. It was a great one. I had it queued up. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. Give me just one second. It says from BLA every day, five stars. <laughs> Cincinnati chili came for the sports. Stayed for the Cincinnati chili. Funniest sports podcast out there. Whoa! Hey! <laughs> so, good. yeah. Uh, if you want to go back a couple of weeks to our Yashio Puig v. Cincinnati Chili episode, it's a good one when you talk about Cincinnati it's amazing. Chili. <laughs> I also have a really exciting update on Cincinnati Chili, but maybe, you know, maybe I'll get into it after you go through our listens for the week. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bookmark that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so shout out to everyone who listened to last week's episode, our, our Super Bowl preview entitled Welcome to Atlanta. Um, Eli, the bots found us. Oh, you know, sex bots? Uh, the Asian, they're Asian sex bots, so possibly. Um, you know that scene in the last Matrix movie where all the tentacly robots are chasing their underground spaceship? Through the tunnels. 
Yes. Yeah, I felt a little like that this week watching OB. <laughs> Were you trying to run away? That you should have been running towards. Well, I know. I mean, I mean, robot listeners are better than no listeners at all. Uh, <laughs> um, so you know, we got Jakarta, Indonesia, Dhaka, Bangladesh, Singapore, Moscow, Bangkok, Bogota, Surabaya, Indonesia, Saint Petersburg, Raja Mundri. Johannesburg. <laughs> um, um, so, hey, shout out to that. But also, shout out to Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, one of our top cities. So somebody <laughs> is digging the Cincinnati chili. Uh, shout out. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Shout out to North Bergen, New Jersey, Statesville, North Carolina, Montreal, Amsterdam, uh... Wow, international. Yeah, we wow. had a lot. La whole. That's what I'm saying. I think uh, I think we're on some kind of code. <laughs> Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. You're real people. Guangzhou, South Korea. Pretty sure I know who that is. Probably a real person. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Special shout out, though. I was doing some research... To our listeners in Lucknow, India. Mm. Now, I've never heard of Lucknow, India. I was going to call it the town of Lucknow, but it's got over two million people. So, the city of Lucknow. Um, which is home to the Saeed Modi International Badminton Championships. Nice. Have you ever watched international, like... World Championship level level badminton. Oh yeah, man! I used to live in Asia for a while, and that wow. stuff is for real over there. Oh, you should give a shout out to our Thai listeners then. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we're gonna have to start. Have, you're gonna have to start translating all of podcast uh, summers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the badminton. That they take that's that. That's awesome. Badminton yeah. is like is like if if you if people haven't seen badminton at a really high professional level of play, they should check it out because it's sort of like professional ping pong, which I feel like a lot of people have probably seen, except for they like are moving with their entire bodies. Yeah, but like the speed at which they play is like so ridiculously fast that you think that you're watching it in like a sped up version or something. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, the the ping pong parallel, yeah, it, it plays a lot like ping pong. Or, I don't know, have you ever watched handball? Yeah. It felt a little like that, just in the speed and the athleticism right. of it. The back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting, very cool. Denmark, I guess, has a pretty is one of the at least the European powerhouse of international badminton. So there you go. That's right. I think isn't um is it is it Roger Federer whose wife is like a all star um badminton player or like played for the national team in Sweden or something like that? I don't know. For that would be that would be awesome. Yeah, it's some tennis player whose wife is a uh, national star 
who played on the Olympic team. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's Roger Federer, but I might be wrong. Um, uh, according to Wikipedia, she's actually a professional tennis player. Hmm. She made, uh, she reached her career high singles ranking of world number 76 in 2001. So wow. she's, she's a tennis player. Not her then. Not her yeah. then. But can you imagine going to the Federals if the Federals lived like in your suburban subdivision and they invited you over for a barbecue and backyard badminton or, or table tennis, how intense right. that would be? You know, like, they get hyper-competitive about it. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be hey. terrifying. Sam, we were... <laughs> <laughs> Sam, we're talking about badminton. I'm glad you're so excited to be on the yeah. podcast. I'm Sam, quick trivia for you, okay? Who, who is the professional tennis player whose wife is a national badminton star? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> All right. So now I'm beginning to wonder if I made it up. Well, I, but no, I, I mean, Fadu's wife is an actual tennis player. So maybe you were just right. remembering that fact incorrectly. No, it's, okay. there's definitely badminton involved in this. <laughs> uh, but now Sam's I'm, here, so we can actually talk football, I guess. This thing on the internet the other day that said listening to people incorrectly talk about something on a podcast is the closest to you that you will ever feel to being dead because you want to correct them when you're listening but you don't have the opportunity to do so i feel like most of our feedback that we've gotten from listeners has been you got this wrong like, like bob and patty and sam when he can't when he's not on the podcast yeah sorry not sorry <laughs> okay so this is gonna drive everyone crazy until Eli can actually figure out who's married to this national badminton champion <laughs> this is this is why this is a great podcast oh wait take guesses well his he said What's Roger that? Federer and I looked up Roger Federer but Federer is actually married to a, a, a tennis player maybe it's uh the other Swiss guy. Uh, Agassiz? He's, no, he's a... He's yeah, a he's American. Oh. A Swiss guy who's, like, current, but... And has been kind of good. He's won maybe one or two Grand Slams, but he's just kind of always been so dwarfed by Federer hmm. that he's never gotten any sort of recognition. Sam, introduce hmm. yourself. Huh? Introduce yourself. Oh, this is Sam. Oh, have we done hot takes yet? Yeah, but you give your hot take. Well, my hot take is that I watched the Super Bowl this weekend, like a few other people in this country, and I came to the conclusion that Jared Goff and uh, Michael Sarah from Arrested Development, George Michael fame, are, if not the same person, definitely like separated at birth twins. <laughs> and I think we have some video uh, photo evidence that I'll post on the uh, yeah, post that on the Facebook page. <clears throat> yeah, definitely do that. One thing I forgot to mention before we get too far afield, I was listening to last week's episode. I realized that we spent a lot of time talking about Julian Edelman traveling back in time to murder people. 
Right. Uh, which I think is one of the strengths of this podcast. So if you're interested in a discussion about that, check out last week's episode. We may continue that conversation this week because he murdered some people on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, he may be like, you ever watch that X-Men movie and there's that guy Nightcrawler who just like, yeah, like, poof, and then he like appears over there like five feet and then people are like, oh, I feel like that's what Ju- Julian Edelman was doing. Yeah, that's a good analogy. <clears throat> it's not Stan Wawrinka, Sam. It's not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> not just Google tennis player married to badminton player. You know, you'd think you'd get it back there. But, you know, I did that and I'm beginning to wonder if perhaps this is all just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> it's just a dream you had one time. But what a weird dream to have, you know? <laughs> uh, also, it's not. Go, go, Sam, go. Oh, I was just saying, it's not normal. It's not a normal dream. Yeah. But, you know, few dreams are. Yeah. I had a dream today that people were throwing a party at my house and without telling me, and I, like, really hate hosting parties, and then they also had replaced all of the furniture with baby cribs, and there were, like, just a bunch of baby cribs everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? They're like, oh, yeah, dude, it's a party. We're having a party. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we got all the baby crits. We're having a party. And it was like all of my least favorite people also. It was like all of my enemies and none of my friends were there. <laughs> how, many, so like, how many enemies do you have? It was a big party. That's all, that's all I could say. The whole ESPN sportscast yeah, group, like right. core was there. Yeah. And the HBO guys. They're like sitting in cribs, sipping cocktails. You know. Oh, we just we could just have an entire dream podcast. Also, <laughs> weird dreams that we've had. <laughs> I mentioned earlier we need to have an actual podcast where we talk about sports superstitions. Yeah. And jinxes and scapegoats, because uh, that would actually be really cool. The other thing... Unlike our usual podcasts, which are terrible. (laughs) Speaking of which, first of all, our last two podcasts have been surprisingly strong. Um, However, starting next week, we would like to try to do uh, shorter, more frequent episodes. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tired of listening to an hour of blather to get to the good stuff at the end, we're going to try to break it up into, into smaller chunks for... You, because that's some feedback that we've gotten from our listeners. However, not not tonight. We're going to go the full 60 minutes tonight. On the other hand, I feel like we've gotten our good shit out of the way in the first 20 minutes. So, there you go. Yeah, we haven't even got to the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the Super Bowl yet. <laughs> Are you trying to allude to the fact that the good shit is not the Super Bowl? No, I've got some. I've got some good takes on the Super Bowl, but okay. you know, my team wasn't playing because my team doesn't exist. So you guys should go first. <laughs> also, Sam, we walked on to We Are the Champions. Oh, nice, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Then we walked on to at some point during the World Series that was the Boston hardcore song. This is Boston, not LA. Right. We could just play uh, that yeah. again. We should have done that. 
Mm-hmm. Right, we can just go full throttle on the Matrix and play that song every time we need to. <laughs> but then are we just playing into the Matrix? You guys that keep letting your sports teams win national championships, so why not, you know? You yeah, guys you guys are like the bad guy from the first Matrix who's like, hey, I get what I want. Of course we should live in the Matrix. The Red Sox wins World Series. <laughs> um, anyway, Super Bowl 53 was last week. The New England Patriots defeated the Los Angeles Rams 13-3. I got a story about that. But I want to hear your guys' impressions of the game. Uh, I thought it was one long thrill ride with a really terrible 30-minute break halfway through it involving some naked dude yelling at me on TV. (laughs) But, yeah, to the football first. Uh, The... I've seen a lot of stories out there this week about how uh, it was boring and... um, to that, I, I guess that maybe I can understand that a little bit if your team wasn't in it. Yeah. But at no point in that game did I feel at all bored and felt like it was a total thriller on on, on the part of the defense um, for just sort of keeping both sides out of, out of the red zone. It felt like an old-school football game before you know, all the rules were changed to make it so that quarterbacks couldn't be touched nor could be touched. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we lost Eli. Go ahead, Sam. What, what do you think? Well, I both agree and disagree with Eli. I also was not bored during that game, but I totally can see how people think it's a boring game because fucking nothing happened. And it wasn't even like, you know... There were what two two interceptions in that game. Yeah. Uh, no no fumbles. Like it was yeah. a good like hard nosed defensive like strategy on both teams to like keep a couple really good offenses in check. But it wasn't like a dominant defenses. It was like very right. much dominant like you know chess match. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would say the New England Patriots defense was pretty fucking dominant. Oh yeah, they were so good. That that was re- that was my biggest imp. Uh, I I, w- I was impressed by that. I would say, as uh, someone who is not a fan really of either team, I was bored. It was a boring game. Right. I considered going to fold laundry during like the fourth quarter. I could uh, see that. Yeah, I, I but I do feel like I don't know. There's a couple things like a lot of people talking shit about Tom Brady. I thought he played a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, he had ended up with like 350 yards passing. Like that's not nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, what was the other thing? I uh, thought I thought the Rams defense actually did their job. New England. Yeah. You you held New England to 13 points. They got lucky a couple of times, but they did their job. the The impressive thing was New England's domination. On the on their defensive side, right. And one thing I thought was interesting about this Super Bowl, like I said, I was bored during the Super Bowl, but noting out on like the X's and O's kind of articles afterwards has really impressed me. 
where I've gotten to watch what New England, excuse me, defensive schemes actually were. That was fascinating. Um, how they basically confused LA's offense. Yeah, that was. Uh, it was obviously came down to what uh, to coaches, and you know that that's what it comes down to in really close games is like who can who can outfox the other team, especially when there's not a lot of offense. And um, I thought that that was on full display, and it yeah. was entertaining. Yeah, for someone who's also a fan of the team that's involved. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard about this. It was on a podcast I think I was listening to. So in the NFL, there's a rule where the co- there's a microphone in the quarterback's helmet, and the coach can talk into that microphone. But when the play clock hits 15, that microphone goes off. Cut off. Gets cut, gets cut off, correct. Mm-hmm. And so what the New England defense was doing was they were watching the play clock. And when the play clock hit 15, they changed their, uh, their shift. Uh, what's the word? I'm right. Their formation. Their formation, right. And basically what they were exposing was Jared Goff doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and right. was depending upon the coaches reading the defenses for him. Right. Like, that blows my mind. I, that, I think that's brilliant of New England and blows my mind that Jared Goff is kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Have you looked at him? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Sarah. <laughs> like Michael Sarah. Like, I'm not surprised that he's dumb. Have you ever seen the movie <laughs> The End of the World? Yeah. No. You know Michael Sarah's role in that movie? No. Yeah, it's like the coked out weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, so any, I'll, I'll give the rundown to Joel so, and to all the listeners who haven't seen it. But essentially, it's like every famous person from Hollywood is in the beginning of that movie at a Hollywood at a party. party. And uh, the, the really, really messed up, messed up, up fucked like up. Fucked up. Are you, are you yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Try now. Is it better? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, at the at the beginning of this movie, they're all at this huge party, and so you're supposed to be getting like this view into what celebrities are like in their real life. You know, like they're not act- they're not acting. They are acting, but they're you know whatever. And then Michael Sarah shows up, and he's just like a total skis ball <laughs> addict, like. I think he slaps Rihanna's ass and yeah. slaps it across <laughs> the face. <laughs> yeah. It's like really he like scary. Up to one guy and like blows a bunch of powder in his face and is like cocaine. And the guy's like, "Why would you do that? I've never done that drug before. What would you do that?" <laughs> Anyways, when Sam made the the connection between those two, I just couldn't think of anything but. Jared Goff running around an NFL party being that guy. <laughs> and if you've ever watched an interview with him, you know, he like yeah. basically sounds like a robot. Yeah. Like no charisma whatsoever. Everything that he says sounds rehearsed. Like it's very coached. Yeah. Yeah. It's very coached. Exactly. It's like, it's like Sean McVay 
is in his earpiece until like 15 seconds before he has to answer the question. <laughs> Do you think he is actually an automaton being steered by Sean McVay in a Wizard of Oz style? He's like the same as Mike Trout. They're like the same robot with a different face put on. No, this is my point. He's the Michael Sarah in real life of that movie. Uh, uh, this is the end. But, like, in the public eye, you know, he's so right. fucked up that he needs someone whispering into his ear uh-huh. to be like, dude, keep it together. <laughs> don't, blow, don't blow cocaine into this reporter's face. <laughs> but once the microphone goes off, he'll do whatever. He'll just throw the ball up in the air and let uh, Gilmore intercept it. That was ridiculous. The... Uh I see. I feel like he's more like Michael Sarah from Arrested Development, where like when anyone like asks him a question or puts any pressure on him at all, he just like gets so nervous that he can't do anything, you know. And he's just like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He looks yeah, he's like in, that. Super in love with his cousin. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> This is like trying to hide his boner every time his cousin comes around. Uh huh. Yeah, he looks like that. He's, he's a very bright future. Yes, yes. Jared Goff, future of the NFL. I can't hold it together. We're doing a good job, you guys. Eli just unplugged. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, but the way, one thing I also think about that game that I would like to throw out there is that, like, even though it was very intense defensive game, uh-huh. there wasn't a lot of yards traveled or like points scored. But right. I feel like it was like five minutes from the end of the game when the Patriots opened their part of their playbook that says we need thirteen, we need ten points to win this game, yep. and, and we're going to score ten points in five minutes. Yep, and that's exactly what they did. Yep. You're absolutely right. And they did it. It was like they they just did it. It was like this is the time where we need to score 10 points. That's going to be enough to win us this game. And then they they did that. Well, and they had seen what L.A.'s defense was doing, and they responded at that moment. Because, again, they had dominated uh, ball control, just not just like, similar to how they did against the Chiefs. So they knew that in the fourth quarter they had tired out L.A.'s defense. And they went jumbo package. They were bringing in double tight ends. That's when Gronk got that 130. It was 27, 30-yard reception. That's a great play. That was like a fucking all-time Super Bowl play. It was was great. But it was perfect. They were like... They knew they could do that at that time. They, They wouldn't have been able to do that at the beginning of the game. But they were like, okay, now's the time. Gronk, we can right. just muscle him down. Yes, yeah. like they—they they, it was the same thing with the Chiefs in yeah. the fourth quarter and overtime. They were gas. Like yeah. the defense didn't have anything left, and the Patriots' offense, like five-minute drill. We've only been actually running at three-quarter speed this entire time. Yeah. So, and fast now. Here's here's my hot take part two. Belichick realized that the reason he lost last year's Super Bowl. Not enough punting. This year, <laughs> punting. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let's do the exact opposite yeah. of what we did last year. Yeah. Not score any points and punt every single time. Punt every get. possession. Right. But the the Rams, the Rams punted on their first eight. I mean, the Patriots punted like what, on six of those eight possessions or five of those eight possessions, but still. Yeah, and it's the field goal too. Yeah, missed field goal, interception. Yeah. They they were not doing themselves any favors. I uh, think though it, it it doesn't not work. Right, exactly. But but the big point was the Rams kept going three and out, three and out, three and out. So the Patriots had ball control for the first three quarters and then they could they could make those ten points in the fourth quarter and win the game. I think that uh also I want to give a shout-out to the Rams kicker, the yeah. punter, yeah. who I thought was fucking incredible. Yeah. And you know I like a good punter because that's kind of where I see myself. Like, a place for me in the NFL is, like, it's kind of the lowest pressure position and, like, the lowest contact position also, you know? Um, and he was so good. And the Patriots punter was really good, too. But this guy, it was like... Patriots defense made some great stops, like within the five yard line. He goes and kicks it sixty five yards. It's like, you know, that's taking points away from the Patriots for sure. You well, know, no joke. After the game was over, Sam, and like you know, the question immediately becomes, who's the MVP of this game? Right. I said maybe the Patriots punter, mm. yeah, because he also pinned them down within the ten yard line at least like three or four times. Right? Yeah, he had a really good. But he, like, the Patriots were, like, moving the chains. I think they only went out three and out, like, two times, something like that. Like, they were on the field for a vast majority of the game, and so, like, it was shorter punts. This Rams kicker was taking it from, like, the end zone and putting right. it deep in Patriots territory. Well, he kicked that one from the back of the end zone to the 30-yard line on sure. the other side of the field for the longest punt in Super Bowl history. Yeah. That was pretty good. That guy's getting paid. He's getting paid punter money, which means he's going to be making like two hundred. <laughs> you guys, you guys just spent five minutes praising punting in a game that you claimed was not boring. Oh, but hey. the but the punting was great. Oh, <laughs> I said the game was boring. I said I wasn't boring. Uh, okay, I can see how the game would be boring to people who are yeah. not emotionally invested in the outcome. Right. You know, right, right. Which is, you know, to be honest, the vast majority of people who watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Edelman, though, time-traveling assassin slash X-Man MVP, uh, NFL, uh, Super Bowl MVP. That was interesting. Yeah. Sam, you called it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. But, um, but you, 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 you called, called a 10-point lit, right? You, uh, Sam, you called Edelman having a breakout game. You called Gronk MVP, yeah. but you did call Edelman having a big game. Right, he had yeah. some shit to make up for. Yeah. Also, he may have murdered Dante Alighieri. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he may be the guy, the guy, Assassin's Creed, you know that video game? That's about Julian Edelman. Yeah. Like, he got suspended at the beginning of the season, you remember, for PEDs? And, like, his defense is that he went back in time to when they weren't illegal. And then did from there. (laughs) That tattooed his penis on Baby Hitler's head. (laughs) 
Right. He got samurai tattoos on his dick. Yeah. <laughs> but how come... Like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to admit, like, Edelman's really, really good. Why was he open? Like, he was getting so fucking open that entire well, post half. He's a shifty little dude. Yeah. yeah. He can create separation at the line of scrimmage, uh-huh. and that's all you need when you're catching the ball, like, two seconds after the ball is snapped, you yeah. know? All you yeah. need is one step, and yeah. you're gone. And it's... And- he was doing such a good job. He was getting like three or four steps, but like, you know, mm-hmm. all he needs to do is avoid that initial hit at the line of scrimmage. Mike, go ahead. Eli, did you have something to say? Uh, just that he, he he also does it with his cuts. So even if he is well covered from the line, he has an incredible ability to shake someone in those little in routes that are you know between five and ten yards away, where. You know, he'll just run as hard as he can, and then he'll stop on a dime, move two feet to his left, and then the ball will be there. Yeah. I mean, he's made his whole career on that, and he just, you know, Wes Welker was his predecessor. And right. it was like, no one ever did it as well as Wes Welker did. And then Julian Edelman came along, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and then he also, like, I at one point in the game, there was, like, a short, like, Brady faked a pass over the middle, and then threw the ball to a wide-open Julian Edelman to run out of bounds on the sideline for 11 yards in a first down. And I've seen that play a million times. Uh-huh. Like, they can do that almost at will. It's just Julian Edelman's open on the sideline at the, like, nine yards out, catches the ball, two steps, he's in the, in the out-of-bounds. And they do that. It's, like, the safest play in football. Right. And it's quick. It's adjust right. to speed. You get it out, and then you can make you, yeah. But then it's up to the receiver after that. But it's an right. easy pitch and catch. But when you're already on the like the the you know out of bounds, you just step out. You don't even have to take a hit. You know, there's like no risk of turning the ball over in that play. The fascinating thing I thought about Edelman's performance in the Super Bowl, he his domination was in the first half. He never scored. And he really, I think he had one catch on their scoring, excuse me, touchdown scoring drive. His big contribution was keeping the Patriots on the field in the first half and keeping the Rams off the field in the first half. So I'm not, I, I think he's the right choice for a Super Bowl MVP. I just think it's interesting. He wasn't the guy who made the big play or even contributed to their points well i would say that they i thought i found that the mvp that he him getting the mvp was odd because i think that if you could have given the mvp as a collective to the defense you would have right but yes you can't and so whoever decides those things brain exploded right because it was like, okay, this always typically, not always, but this typically goes to an offensive player. Right. And Brady didn't really have a great game. Well, no touchdowns. No touchdowns. Um, Which is, you know, probably something that should be the case to VP. But then again, Edelman didn't have any touchdowns either. either. So there was just the one touchdown. I did. 
Right. So I, I didn't quite understand why they didn't give it to someone on the defense. Like they could have given it to anyone. Flowers. Then Noy had a sack. Yeah, Noy had um, a great game. Yeah, mm, Gilmore had the interception. Yeah, um, Gilmore you know, it's, played a great game. Yeah, and um, and it seemed like um, what's his name? Our middle linebacker was in on pretty much every single tackle. Um, oh, and was Hightower. Hurt. Yeah, Dante Hightower. Yeah. And then of course there was the the McCordy who came out of freaking nowhere to hit oh. Cooks on that ball that was clearly a touchdown to him. That was amazing. McCor- yeah, McCordy comes from off screen flying like <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a man move that fast, you know? Yeah. And, and Get- Cooks just standing there for like three right. seconds waiting for the ball. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, right. That's right. that's your quarterback Michael Saylor having a brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he was uh, in the stands right before he threw that ball and like double Because yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was an easy touchdown pass. I mean, McCoy oh. did a great job, but dude, Jared Goff fucked that up. Yeah, it was as it, yeah. it was as good yeah. a play on McCourty's end as it was a bad play by yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah. That's true. McCourty yeah. really he crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like the MVP. Pick one of them. Yeah. I, I think you could have picked any one of those guys, and no one would have really batted, batted an eye because yeah. they kept a really strong defense to three points over four quarters in the yeah. fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. They played the number one NFL offense in the AFC Championship, and they played the number two NFL offense in the Super Bowl, and they held that offense to three points. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Two. And then they lost their defensive play color to the as Miami, head coach. to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, uh, he'll go there and fail, and then come crawling back yeah. as they all do. Yeah, they were. <clears throat> I was watching some. Uh, I was on a plane today, and I was watching some ESPN, and the uh, they were showing the records of um, Bill Belichick alum. Right, they're not great. He, because it's not very good. Like, there's not a lot of success there. No. Well, that's because the Patriots keep winning. <laughs> I guess. Right, but who's the coach of Detroit? He hasn't done a good job. Um, Matt Patricia in his first year. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's first year. But also, like, I don't know. <clears throat> uh, Vrabel, right? He's the head coach of... Is it Vrabel? He's the new. Head, no. head coach of the Titans? Or... Oh. No, it's not for evil. What the heck is that guy's name? Josh McDaniels? No. No, McDaniels went to the Broncos and then sucked and then came back. And what about the guy who coached for the Titans? That's who I'm talking about. Oh. Is that not for evil? No, but uh, somebody coached, sorry, not the Titans, the, the Texans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also, yeah. So he's the head coach of the Tennessee Titans is Mike Vrabel, who is a former Patriots lineman who played for Belichick. Scored a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah, right. Oh, that man. formation that changed the rules. Yeah. Uh, and the Texans coach is Bill Ryan, who right. obviously cool. was uh, on the coaching staff of the Patriots as well. Um, now Flores is going to Miami, and Matt Patricia is in Detroit. And um, is that it? There were some other ones who aren't in the league anymore. Mangini, 
Mm-hmm. Worked for uh, Belichick. No, uh, there were some other ones. Worked. Oh, uh, the guy who coached the Browns forever. Um, Romo, Romeo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he he worked for Belichick also. And you know. A lot of them, like that guy, you could say, were victims of, like, a shitty system. But. Oh. Yeah. I I think I think it's Belichick. I think um, he's got the system down. He he knows. I feel like that's that's proof that it's Brady. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that's now. No, I don't think so, necessarily. All these guys take, like, the Patriot way, the Patriot game plan to all these places they go. That's why they get hired. And, like, they just can't make it work for whatever reason. And I think probably a big reason of that is that, like, they don't have the greatest quarterback ever to have played the game as their quarterback, you know? I agree that, okay, so this this is, like, the ultimate debate, right, Brady or Belichick? But... (laughs) Oh, it's a combo. It's a combo of the two. But the thing that I think is happens to these head coaches that they leave the Belichick system and try and replicate it elsewhere or do their own spin of it is that they don't have the scheme, that, like the ability to put all those pieces together because forever they've only just been a pawn on the chessboard run by Belichick. You know, right. they don't so see the picture. They they. They may, but they don't see it as well as Belichick does, and that's why they don't succeed like Belichick does. They can operate within his system successfully and look like geniuses, but ultimately it's him pulling the strings that makes everything work. That's my theory. I mean, I think he understands. I mean, this game in particular made me really impressed with, with, with Bill Belichick. I mean, of course, I should have been impressed before... But the way he can win, he can beat you with defense, he can beat you with offense. He can beat you in a 90-point game, he can beat you in a 16-point game. He can take your strengths and turn them into your weaknesses. Like, that's really, really impressive. And, I mean, I'm not going to shit on Tom Brady. But, like, the guy, he played all right. He played... It wasn't Tom Brady making amazing plays. In the Super Bowl, in this one game, it's a, yeah, no, no, that was my observation. Less a point, more an observation. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to the radio here, and like, and you watch like any of the talk shows on ESPN, or the morning shows, or whatever it is, and the still the conversation is like about whether Tom Brady is over the hill, oh. and it, it's just like, why, why do you even bother having that conversation anymore? Because right. he's had it a hundred times before, and he just keeps winning. Right. So it's like, aren't you like tired of that? Don't you just want to wait until like either his hip breaks or he retires to like make comments like that anymore? Uh, well, they just don't want to be the one to get it right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they say it now, and then next year he has a bad year, they can at the end of next year be like, "I called it." Yeah. <laughs> I called it. You. Yeah. You know, Right. They, it's it's like Joel calling the White Sox every year at yeah. the beginning of the year, right? This is our year, guys. This is my year. This is our year. According yeah. um, to chaos theory, you will be right at some point. Yeah. Um, in some universe, I'm right. 
In some universe, you already are right. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing. They're playing the World Series right now, and the White Sox are winning. And in February, <laughs> it was a bad. Year. <laughs> it's a bad year. The old Canadian Mexican War of uh, 2018 was real bad, but we're still playing baseball in February. Yeah. And the White a Sox. Are... <laughs> is is come together over the White Sox making an unexpected pennant run. They won that dome game against Anchorage, Alaska, seventy-two to ten, and advanced. Julian Edelman scored the game-winning run, <laughs> but he stole a base. He stole home in the bottom of the twelfth inning to win the game. Yeah. five points. <laughs> I don't know if anybody understood what he just said. <laughs> Um, can also go to different dimensions yes. as well as different, different times. It's like a Dr. Doctor Who. Character. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> um, okay, let me be let me be a, a Patriots hater for a second. Okay. Just, just for fun. What happened? Here's here's the scenario. Cause Tom Brady literally said, and first let me say, I like old Tom Brady. I like old, I don't give a fuck, we're still here, and I'm posting it on Instagram, Tom Brady. I think that's cool. Yeah, he's getting a little saucy in his own I like that. I like that about him. He said, I'm going to keep playing until I suck, which is, that's a great thing to say. The problem is, he is an NFL quarterback. Brett Favre and Peyton Manning both continued to play after they started to suck because they didn't believe that they actually sucked. Right. What happens when Belichick thinks Tom Brady sucks, but Tom Brady doesn't think that Tom Brady sucks? What's going to happen? That's going to be the problem. Especially when Brady's friend, what do you call him, OKK? Won't, won't let will will craft let Belichick fire Brady. Uh, I don't think so, uh-huh. Joel. Um, I don't think that that it'll ever reach that point. Don't just let him keep going. Well, I kind of feel like it, you know a lot of it's all speculation, right? Because sure, neither sure. of these guys ever show their cards. Uh-huh. But um, I get the feeling that like Belichick, like. I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick, like, retired tomorrow mm. or that he retires when Tom Brady retires. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he, there's a lot of discussion out there about how he needs to, like, prove that he can do it without Brady. I don't buy into that shit at all. Mm-hmm. That guy can fucking leave whenever he wants and he's going to go down as the greatest coach in NFL history, period. Right. So, like... <clears throat> Maybe he's got that chip on his shoulder, but I don't know. He's sixty six himself. Oldest, oldest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. Right. He's got eight Super Bowls. Um, Nine, five, six, six wins. Six wins, but didn't six okay, and three. He was Did also he? with the. He has a couple Super Bowl wins while he was a defensive coordinator uh, for okay. the Giants uh-huh. or whatever. So. Yeah, you know, he's got nothing to prove. To anyone. He's got nothing to prove, and and like, 
people can have that debate all they want for the rest of the time, but it's like, whatever. Yeah. So I think that, like, I don't know if Belichick would get to that point where he's like, you know, Tom, you got to move on because we need to keep winning. I think it'll be like, well, this is over Mm. for all of us. I'm going to retire. Or he does it before it ever reaches that point, and he leaves before Tom does. Yeah. And it, and if he's smart, like if he actually cares about those things, he'll do that and let Tom Brady's like end of his career be not on his watch. You know, that's a good point. So it looks like Brady who needed him all along. Yes, that's a very good point. I can see that happening. Yeah. I could see the whole thing being orchestrated. <clears throat> like I feel like. Belichick and Brady and Robert Kraft are all like thick of Steve's. Oh, wait, did you see the lip kiss? Yes. <laughs> Tom Brady and Robert Kraft yeah. locking lips yeah. after the Super Bowl? Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that was great. I was, that made me so happy. <laughs> I also think that Julian Edelman like maybe kissed Dorsett on the mouth. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's just, that it's... was just a camera angle. <clears throat> Maybe. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, I feel like I would not be surprised if Robert Kraft and Tom Brady were, like, close enough with each other and comfortable enough with each other that they would kiss each other on the mouth. Yeah. You I, know? Yeah. I, uh, oh. Guys, I have a big update. A big update. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we've gotten the answer on the ATP tennis player. <laughs> I knew you were still licking. I knew you were still licking. <laughs> I'd see him, he'd stop talking for like two minutes. I'm like, he's still Googling that goddamn tennis player. No, I had to reach out to the breaking news. Yeah, this is breaking news. It's a, it's a guy whose name is Jarko Nieminen. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Jarko. You're not. Also, I hope I'm saying Jarko right, Nieminen. Also um, Whatever. He's from Finland, and his wife is uh, named Anu Nieminen, and she is a Finnish badminton player Ah. who joined the national team in 1994 and played for uh, Finland and won 12 times the national championship. Wow. Yeah. Skate maybe his wife, though, badminton. Yeah, so she (laughs) is probably more famous than he is from a professional. He, he, his rank, his highest ranking like, was number thirteen. So, world yeah. or national? National. Yeah. I mean, a world, world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those Scandinavians, he, man. He won two ATP single titles and five double titles in his career. Uh, reached the quarterfinals in a, a few slams. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going with a team anew on that one. Mm-hmm. Alright, um, my big... Not a dream, not a dream. Not a dream. <laughs> I am not crazy. I did not this make this up. Just because it's not real doesn't mean it's not a dream. <laughs> um, Alright, it is... We got five minutes left. I had a couple of things I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, first, I, I got to... I want to talk about this more later. Uh, Cubs owner... Oh, the father... Of the family who owns the Cubs, the Ricketts family, he they just found a whole bunch of racist conspiracy emails from uh, Joseph Ricketts 
part owner of the Chicago Cubs, father oh. of Tom Ricketts, the uh, primary owner of the Chicago Cubs. So, just a reminder that your billionaire team owner is probably a terrible person who is forwarding Islamophobic conspiracy emails to all of his grandchildren. <clears throat> just FYI. Just like the grandpa who has access to email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What if every yeah, we've all got that aunt, that uncle, that grandma, that grandpa, but this grandpa is a billionaire who owns the Chicago Cubs and who That makes it and whose son is the governor of Nebraska. Uh, uh, I was, was going to say, he should go be the governor of Virginia. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> At least, yeah, no, seriously. But it sounds like he's already got a finger in uh, yeah. old politics. Yeah, they're also trying to... Uh, the rickets, man. Don't get me started about the rickets. <laughs> We're going to have a whole... Uh, we After we do our superstition episode. We need to do our terrible owners ep uh, episode. The Ricketts are right up there. Um, the other one being the dude who owns the C Cleveland Cavaliers. What's his name? Uh, it'll come to me. Yeah. He owns the Rocket Mortgage shit. That guy's bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a good yeah. dude. <laughs> his name is Jeremy Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Okay, well... It's funny. Dan, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, fuck that guy. A.K.A. Johnny Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's a letter writing campaign, Sam. Dear Dan Gilbert, we think you should change your name to Johnny Rocket. <laughs> that would make Rocket Mortgage make way more sense. All the yeah. subprime mortgage lending is terrible. Your, your company name doesn't make sense. Please <laughs> These into consideration. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So the Red Sox and the Patriots own national championships at the same time. Not in the same right. calendar yeah. year, but at the same time. Right. right? The last yeah. the last teams to do this was the Patriots and the Red Sox. Oh four. Nice. Um they that was, it? That was the last time. No. Oh seven also. Oh, no. Right? Or no, did the Patriots no. win? Patriots lost. But the Bruins and the... Celtics and the won. Celtics the Celtics won. won. Right, right. But the Patriots lost. The Patriots went away from the slam. That's right. All I'm looking at right now is simultaneous Super Bowl and World Series. I didn't consider that third one because if the Celtics win, then you got all three. Right. That's the trifecta. That's the trifecta, yeah. Because we don't pay attention to hockey. Yeah. And we'll find out about that sometime late next year. Yeah. Because the NBA playoffs start pretty soon. Here, so we gotta wait. Um, the other, uh, other, okay, this is a SBNation.com. Other Super Bowl and World Series winners in the same metro area, and they kind of loosely define metro area. Uh, before 04, in 1989. The San Francisco 49ers and the Oakland A's in 86. doesn't count. Oh, maybe in, in 89 it did. Well, but that's my question. They really loosely define this because they've right. got, well, that's the. Well, were, were the Raiders in Oakland? Because if they were, the that doesn't count. Oh, they might have been in L.A. That's a good yeah. point. I don't know. 
Huh. Uh, the Giants and the Mets in 86-87. I would also say that's questionable. Giants fans are Yankees fans. Right. Steelers. And Mets fans are fans. Well, Jet- didn't, they, didn't they both play in New Jersey at that point then? They think- still both play in New Jersey. Yeah, the Mets. The Mets have never the played Mets in New Jersey. Do? But no, the Giants. No. The Giants and the Jets. We're thinking of oh, the Mets. Oh, did you say the Nets or the Jets? I said the I G- said the Mets. I said neither the Nets nor the Jets. I said the Mets. <laughs> Why do all these team names rhyme? Secondary New York area teams. <laughs> Yankees, Giants, Knicks. Just be a Yankees, Giants, Knicks fan because then you and then you're a Nets, Mets, Jets fan. It's like <laughs> Jets- classic liberation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, steel. They don't like syllables. Those yeah. guys, are you know, what I mean? just, they're not into it. Yeah, you, you just go to Queens. You're like, who do you root for? The Ets. Yeah. What? The Ets. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Ets. Huh? Right, go Ets. Sure, let's go. <laughs> go Ets. Um, Steelers Pirates in 1979. Uh, Baltimore Colts. And the Orioles, 70-71. And in 1969, the Mets and the Jets. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the Mets and the Jets winning in the same year? That was the same year as that was the same year as Woodstock, and we landed a fucking man on the moon. And I think the right. Ted Offensive was that year too. He was a real Ets fan. <laughs> What was the Ted Offensive? I don't think... Now I gotta Google that. Because people died. People died in the Ted Offensive. Let's look that up before we make a Mets joke about it. Right. Yeah. Or a Julian Edelman joke. Because (laughs) at this point, point they could either work. Dude, we need to write like a comic book or something about Julian Edelman. (laughs) I'm trying Julian Edelman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 68. Never mind, the Ted Offensive was 68, not 69. All right, well, um, you guys got anything else we need to talk about? Oh, my update. Yeah. On Cincinnati Chili. Oh, fuck yeah, Cincinnati yeah. Chili. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, so um, I did a little research. I did a little more digging on the whole Cincinnati Chili thing because yeah. basically since Joel told us about it a few weeks ago, I've thought of nearly nothing else. Anyway, I reach out to my buddy who lives in Cincinnati, and I say, hey, man, how have you been holding out on me all of these years as it relates to Cincinnati Chili? And he's like, oh, yeah, Cincinnati Chili. Why are you even thinking about that? And I was like, oh, well, you know, we got this podcast, and we were talking about Cincinnati Chili, and it sounds amazing. And he's like, you got a podcast? He's like, yeah, you should check it out. And so he listens to the podcast. And then, you know, like an hour and a half later, he reaches back out. He's like, hey, man, you should have told me that the Cincinnati Chili was in the last five minutes of your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I could have just skipped through all that. He's from South Africa. You know, baseball is not his first love by any means. Um, anyways, 
So then we start talking about Cincinnati Chili. He says that in no way you put Cincinnati Chili. Oh no! What? Oh no! We lost Eli. We tune in next week for the continuation of Eli Sherman's take on Cincinnati Chili. <laughs> oh fuck! What happened? That's hilarious. Okay. Uh, do you think Eli? We've got Eli's frozen. <laughs> Again, this is like what is great about Dump on the Up right now. <laughs> we can wait. But I, I feel like that was a good, good cut. Yeah. Leave him in suspense. You know? <laughs> right back. Here he comes. Also, you cut out <laughs> just as you were telling that story. Just oh, that man, story. I, my phone died. <laughs> Which devices? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your friend is in Johannesburg, and he's mad at us because we talk about Cincinnati Chili at the end of the episode, and he said the real thing about Cincinnati Chili is... So he says that... The real thing about... Is that where it cut out? Yes. That's really dramatic. And then I said, see you next week on Dump on the Up. Oh, <laughs> uh, we should cut it. Yeah, we should Um... Wait, did you cut it? Are we done? No, no, get, no. We're on the air. Go. I want to hear the goddamn story. <laughs> so he, he says that you have Cincinnati chili on top of spaghetti, or you have Cincinnati chili on top of hot dogs, but in no way or shape or form do you put Cincinnati chili on top of your spaghetti <laughs> on top of your hot dog. <laughs> He's like, you guys are just way wrong about that, which gets back to our point earlier why most of our feedback is about us being wrong on things. <laughs> but the really exciting news is that he's gonna be he's gonna pick out a couple of really famous brands down there oh, and sweet. send them to me. Yes. Dry out. So I'm gonna definitely put it on top of spaghetti and then on top of a hot dog. And you can suck it, George. <laughs> hey George. No, it's good. It's good. Um I'm definitely going to tell him to listen to this episode, too, but not tell him that the conversation happened. <laughs> at the very end. <laughs> we did have a lot of listeners in Cincinnati. So, hey, shout out to Cincinnati. Um, also, does any... I'm, I want to visit Zanesville, Ohio. I'll tell you about it someday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dump on the Ump. Um, check us out on SoundCloud. Sam, you missed the beginning where I talked about all the robots who listened to us last year. Uh, last oh, last yeah. year. Um, uh, well, it's the... Thank you, robot. Yeah. Oh, um, Eli, you need to thank them in Thai. Also. Yeah, thank you. Um... The other thing I want to say, check out our recent episodes. If you want to hear our hilarious conversation about Cincinnati Chili, check out our episode called Yasiel Puig v. Cincinnati Chili. Um, and, oh, what was the other thing? Last week's episode, Julian Edelman, uh, that's called Welcome to Atlanta. If you want to check out our discussion about Julian Edelman time-traveling to murder Dante Alighieri. Yeah. Uh, this is a great episode. Great podcast, great episode. 
Twitter at DumpOnTheUmp, Facebook, DumpOnTheUmp, WordPress.DumpOnTheUmp.com. Please like us, uh, rate us, and review us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, and tell your friends. Uh, we love feedback, negative feedback, positive feedback, whatever the fuck you got. Football is over. We are now in the long, dark season of the sports period. We talked about basically zero baseball. That's usually not the case. We'll talk about baseball again uh, next time. Sam stepped out. I'm going to say bye on behalf of Sam. I assume he is going to make some Cincinnati chili. <laughs> Eli. <laughs> oh, here he's back. Hey, Sam. <laughs> that was a euphemism. Uh, Eli, good, good times. Uh, congrats to the Patriots, you guys. Um, and uh, looking forward to uh, Lakers Celtics, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The Matrix continues. The Matrix continues. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Go fast forward again. Did you guys see the Queen movie? Yeah.